Hi, it's Adam. Uh, before we get to what's going to be published here, I wanted to give you a little update on what's going on and why these are being published. Uh, so if you're my friend on Facebook, uh, you may be following the updates on what's going on with me, my health. Um, if you're not my friend on Facebook, by the way, you can go to adamhorton.com. There's a contact tab, and there's a link to my Facebook page from there. My Facebook is public, so you don't have to be my friend in order to see what's on there in, in case that matters to you. But in any case, I know a lot of listeners are my friend on Facebook, and you know if you're not, um, <clears throat> I'm going to be going in for a bone marrow transplant in just a couple of weeks. And this is good. Uh, the six months of treatment that I've had so far have uh, have the goal of getting my leukemia into enough of a remission that bone marrow transplant is an option. Uh, if the bone marrow transplant is successful, um, I should be cured of this cancer. Live the rest of my life, watch my kids grow up, all that good stuff. Um, have a donor. It's my brother. Really, we're just hoping that goes well, and I'll be going in for that. Uh, from everything I've heard... Uh, it's not going to be pleasant. I'm going to be in the hospital for at least a month. And then when I get home, I'm going to need a lot of care, a lot of hospital visits, and it's going to be a very long time until I have my life back. Uh, that on top of the fact that, uh, you know, uh, my second child came five weeks early and uh, we had a lot on my plate. In any case, um, <laughs> the podcast, right? Um, I'm not going to be in a position to publish more episodes of the podcast for quite a while. And uh, bone marrow transplant has a lot of risks. There's a lot of additional chemo and radiation I'm going to be getting. Um, and so I've got, uh, I've got some stuff on my computer, some episodes, some mini-sodes of the podcast that were recorded, uh, some of these a very long time ago. And, uh, it just doesn't make sense for them to sit on my computer anymore. We don't have a regular publishing schedule. Uh, it's going to be a very long time if that ever happens. I've got four minisodes, and I want to publish them. Uh, one of them is one that Jake and I did um, in preparation for Parker being born <laughs> over two years ago. Um, we just never needed these. Uh, the other three are th uh, three things that Wandering Winter made, uh, mostly for the same purpose, but some of them came afterward. So... Uh, I'm going to publish all these. You're going to be able to listen to them. But there's a very, very good chance that um, that's going to be it for content on the podcast for a long time. I don't know how long that's going to be, but if you want updates on that, uh, probably my Facebook page is the best way to get them, unless you want to like message me, go to the Discord server, or, or anything like that. Uh, can't promise you I'll be in a state to respond to it, but... Um, that's where we're at. So, um, hope you enjoy these mini-sodes, and, uh, man, I, I hope that, uh, I hope I get back to doing this soon. Well, the hate is gonna hate, 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 and the faker's gonna fake, 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 fake. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A podcast! That could yeah. be the secret title of the episode, yeah. Woo But Like No. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Woo But Like No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, A plus. Yeah. It's kind of how, uh, what Philosopher's Stone is all the time. Um, <laughs> but, um... Woo, but, like, no. Man, I just... I, don't get me wrong. That's a card I'm really bad with. Um, because I, I lose a lot when it's good. Like, whenever I see a really good opponent buy a Philosopher's Stone, I know I'm probably going to lose that game because it's a card that I just don't have a good handle on. 
and like that is not as prominent a hole in my game though because that's so rare. It's still a bad it's, card. It's yeah. so rarely a good card that it like I've I've lost like two games that way ever. We could um, do we could do an episode on Philosopher's Stone. It would be really short. Yeah, I think it's going to be super short. You are, I'll do it right now. Okay. So Philosopher's Stone is not a good card because if you want to if you're going to draw any cards, then it's bad, right? And drawing cards is great, so do that instead, right? And so it's it's rare that it comes up. However, if you're not drawing a lot of cards, you just go for it and you get it. Even if it's the only potion cost card, in decks where you're not drawing a whole bunch of cards, it's just good. And you just get it. Even with provinces, even in spite of all that stuff. Like, I think it's very underrated people just dismiss it. And, like, it's really easy to tell when you dismiss it and when you don't. And when you don't dismiss it, you just get the potion and you get the fillstone. And then there's there's one other thing about fillstone. Uh, there's herbalist fillstone, which is not great. But uh, if there's junking or if you're not drawing a lot of cards, it's uh, it's good enough to be the best thing to do. But you have to prioritize the herbalist split in that game. And I know I just said prioritize the herbalist split. And you really should be rethinking your life because this is still not great. But that's what wins games in herbalist fillstone mirrors. No way. you got to win the herbalist split. No joke. Has Open this... potion herbalist. Have you played a lot of games where this has happened? Uh, like four. <laughs> and That's like crazy. in the mirror it comes down to who wins the herbalist split because you need to top deck your fill stones you need to top deck your potions to get more of them you need to be playing an herbalist every turn Whoa. you also need to be like loading up on coppers to make your fill stones <clears throat> worth enough beats it, the crap out of which big money and these are like these are single province turns right uh, I've had, I mean, you get an herbalist and two fillstones, you're double provincing, a lot of cases, or like province duchy. Hmm. Your fillstones are worth like six or seven by the end of the game, so you get two of them, you're in great shape. You're not wrong about this, yeah. based on like what I'm what I'm parsing out in my head. Like, I mean, this is not good. Okay, drawing no, cards, no. getting this a thin is... deck is all better than this. If there's but if a... you can't do that. If there's like a real deck to be built, um, you should build the real deck. Yeah, but like this is a cute little trick that's maybe not so cute if it wins the game. Yeah. Hmm. Like back in the olden days, like this is. I mean, this is both in alchemy, <laughs> right? So, and Alchemy was one of the earlier expansions. So it used to come up a lot more, and it was first edition based in Intrigue, so it wasn't up against all that much fantastic stuff. But, like, I mean, okay. it's... There it is. All right, well, yeah, I'm in. So, um, so yeah. there's, there's your bonus mini-sode on Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. With a highlight on the Herbalist Phil Stone <laughs> combo. And the Herbalist Split. The Herbalist Split. Gotta oh, win that Herbalist yeah. Split. Yeah, so today's uh, mini-sode that we are putting out is on Distant Lands. Wait, it's not on Philstone? <laughs> no, it's not. Holy crap! We just gave you two episodes for the price of one, which is zero dollars, because we don't make money doing this. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, just a brief overview again on what these are. These are uh, little mini-episodes that we've recorded in the past so that we have some content to put out in the rare event that we are unable to put out a full episode for you. So we want to still give you some Dominion content, but, you know, and we addressed this in an opener that you just realized, but I'm going over it again for some reason. Um, hi, I'm Jake. Welcome to Making Luck. A podcast about a card game. A Philosopher's Stone podcast. Yeah. 
This one's about distant lands, again. Yeah, distant lands. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently this is about distant lands, even though we haven't talked about it yet. Right. We're five minutes in, and we have uh, not read the text of the card yet. Do you want to read the text of the card? Yeah, sounds good. So Distant Lands is a five-cost action victory card from the Adventures expansion. The action of Distant Lands is put this on your tavern mat. That's all, that's all it does. At the end of the game, if it's on your tavern mat, it's worth four points. If it's still in your deck and you haven't played it, it's worth zero points. Or if you set it aside with Prince. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure. Because that matters. Woo! Why would you do that? Just play the Distant Lands. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah. Distant Lands. <laughs> well, you wanted to thin the Prince from it. Oh, okay. God. Okay. I'm anyway. done. I'm done. I'm done. You got Prince junked. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put this on your tavern mat, and it's worth four points. Fail to put it on your tavern mat. It's not worth any. And it costs five, so it could have been a duchy. Yada, yada. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I feel like these are are just like the lands from, like, Magic the Gathering. You know those lands? Yeah, I remember those. But uh, they're they're a little different. Like, they're really far away. Okay, so the quality of distance is something that they have, making them... Distant lands? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So where are you going with this? So, like, they're, you know, it's a reserve card, so it's got green and tan, which is kind of like green-white. Yeah. What's the thematic implication of that in Magic? Uh, I don't know. Somebody who plays Magic, maybe uh, get leave get a comment in the comments section. What We'd is a green? Here is green white a thing in Magic? I or maybe know. green tan, which is probably. I mean, they have a color wheel and everything. Dominion needs a color wheel. Yes. Uh, we... Yellow and purple are right next to each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, throwbacks. Oh my so. god, that's so good. I yeah. wasn't even trying to set you up for that. And, and yet... you just knocked it right out of the park. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. All right, well, I feel like we can stop this episode while yeah, we're ahead. No, no. <laughs> this is a great episode. Yeah, definitely. So, Distant Lands is a source of points that is cost the same as Duchy. Um, it, that's not to say it plays the same role in the game as Duchy, but it costs less than province, in province, it's worth fewer points than province, and it doesn't end the game. So it has a lot of similarities to Duchy in that respect. But, uh, there's some arithmetic on how it works out that makes it, uh, play a pretty different role. Yeah, um, eight cards that are worth four <clears throat> points each is a lot of points. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of other cards in Dominion that are worth points can have trouble getting to be worth as many points as Distant Lands. Um, so we can just look at, at a couple of different calculations. So let's say you split the Distant Lands 6-2 with your opponent. Yeah. You could still lose provinces 3-5, to five, and you're on the better end of that. You you still win the game in that case. You have more points, which, yeah. are, which are great. And the idea that you get... Uh, seven one distant like you opponent basically ignores distant lands and you get six or seven of them you can afford to lose the province split six two and you could still maybe win that game yeah it's uh if you got six more distant lands in them then uh they you could have a two to six province mm. deficit and that together is the same amount of points but now um you know you in theory you maybe got some other points to make up for that right yeah like so Dutchies! Right, so what you take away from this is one, and we haven't even gotten into the fact that the Distant Lands leave your deck forever once you play them, but they do, and so 
you think about trying to make up a province lead and to justify building a little bit more so and maybe letting your opponent get a points lead so you can have better turns later you think about making up provinces with duchies and two provinces or i mean two duchies will equal your opponent's province for ten dollars and two buys and it puts two cards into your deck forever whereas if you buy two distant lands and play them that beats your opponent's one province for ten dollars and two buys and it puts zero cards in your deck forever because you get them out yeah, like I mean, this is this is favorable for distant lands. I think I think it's easy to see exactly how favorable is uh, three distant lands versus two provinces. Yeah, uh, it actually costs less money. It's fifteen versus sixteen dollars. Now you yeah. need more buys, but right. it's the same number of points. I can get three distant lands and have the same number of points as if you got two provinces. And obviously this is all getting really theoretical and soft in terms of applying it to your actual games, but what we're going into the arithmetic for of Distant Lands being important is to try to get across to you why it being four points instead of three makes it so different from a duchy. It's because of how the quantities work out in terms of provinces to make them beat province in a lot of cases don't get me wrong you don't go for distant lands and just distant lands and expect (laughs) to win that way but it is a really significant source of points and it's almost never not going to be significant to some degree yeah like i I think if those buys that it takes for distant lands to be better like if that's a big deal if gains are super tight then yeah. then yeah i would say that's the use case for maybe distant lands are not so great yeah sure but if gains aren't super tight like you just go for distant lands. It's clearly better on pretty much every axis there is. Yeah. So the there like Adam said though, there are a couple of times when going for the distant lands can be more harmful than helpful. And a lot of the things that that comes down to kind of ignore the gradual scoring where this arithmetic favors out. Uh sure. So like um when you buy the distant lands? Yeah. Uh, it's not worth any points. Yes. So you're going to need to play it. Yeah, which is a big deal if you're in the phase where the provinces are almost empty. Say, like, you and I both have three provinces. There's two left in the pile. And we just need to get some threat to keep our opponent from buying the last prov- the second-to-last province with impunity. You know, if... Your opponent might, like, buy a province and end the game, and you need what Adam has called panic points. Like, oh, yeah, like a panic duchy. Yeah, if the like if the game's about point. to end, then the Distant Lands doesn't help you, because the, the points aren't yours immediately, so your opponent can uh, get that points lead and end the game. Yeah, so it's not good panic points. So before I buy a Distant Lands, <laughs> I just like to check my pulse. And if my pulse is over a certain number, I know I'm panicking, and so Distant Lands isn't going to work for me. Right. So, you gotta find out what right what number's right for you. But there's different flavors of endgame. When people say <laughs> that, when people say that the game is almost over, uh, they could mean two different things. So, if the game is almost over in the sense that your opponent could end it on his turn, the distant lands doesn't help you so much. But if the game is almost over in terms of the provinces are just really low and the game probably isn't going to end immediately, and you, there are two provinces left in the supply, and you need to buy some points that aren't province. Distant lands is probably better than duchy in that case. Because the idea that 
We both have three provinces, and I buy a distant lands. It means that if you want to buy that second-to-last province, you need to basically assume that I have four more points than I really do. And if you try to counter that by buying a duchy, you have to understand that if I play my distant lands and buy province on my turn, I'm going to win the game. Mm. Whereas it, and if you uh, buy... And basically, so if you try to counter my distant lands by buying a duchy, I have two turns to play the distant lands and beat you. Yeah, so a lot of this comes down to how fast can you play the Distant Lands after you buy it. Yeah, if it's right. within two turns, I think the Distant Lands beat death, beats Duchy. Well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you a certain number of turns, right? You have to evaluate how many how many turns you think it's going to take you to play it, and uh, how many turns, whether or not you think the game is going to be over by that yeah. point. The dog is very excited by this, and uh, i got to be honest, I agree, because uh, when I think about the, the outcome here... Like, once I've played that Distant Lands, I mean, I'm definitely in a much better spot. I, w- I would have more points, obviously, but yeah. it also doesn't decrease the quality of my deck. Right. The fact that the Distant Lands leave your deck is a big deal for a couple of reasons. One is that they are not hurting your reliability, and I guess this kind of ties into that reason, but it also kind of affects when you get them. For sure. Like, there's this base case where... My opponent started going for provinces, and I started going for distant lands. And eventually, you know, I've gotten the distant lands, and they've gotten a chunk of provinces. And we have roughly the same amount of points because of the math we did before. But now, my deck isn't bad. Right. And so there's it. I mean, that is implying that, that that's a really good case for distant lands that we're talking about. Because we're, we're talking about you having a similar amount of points in the same amount of time, despite buying cards that are worth fewer points. Now, in the more likely case that your opponent gets a points lead early on, and you go for the Distant Lands and have fewer points, what you're counting on there is that the provinces have made their deck worse enough that they start stalling, and your deck doesn't stall, but you have the points. I mean... Distant lands can be so favorable in this case that you might not even need to count on that. Sure. You could just have the same number of points and have a better deck. And then just, you know, there's your advantage and you try and realize it in the context of the game, obviously. Sure. So um, I I actually think that's probably the the more... That's why Distant Lands is so good. Yeah. And it it is so good... it's good because of those reasons, and so now you've got this good card that you need to think about, and it does change the way that, um, well, it changes the way you green. It might change the way you build in some cases, but it definitely changes the way you green, as in, you know, maybe a little earlier and instead of going for provinces first, right? Sure. Now, there are some times when that's not true, though. Uh, well, sure. Um, I think those times have a lot to do with, um, how close the game is to being over, right? Yes. I, there is one, the the threat of the game being over before you get to play your distant lands. Right. But there's also something of a pacing to the scoring of the game that distant lands wants to capitalize on. Distant lands really wants to be in a position where people are buying points gradually because it has this advantage of reliability in the face of greening in those cases. But if the deck is instead is available, where both players just build up and build up and build up, and then you're trying to get to this turn faster where you buy like all the provinces or mm-hmm. most of them, 
then Distant Lands doesn't really suss with that. Distant Lands doesn't really help you in that position because you don't have a reliability advantage if the opponent never really has to put the points in his deck to the point that he has to draw them, if he just gets them all at once. Yeah, so the game has to go long enough for your advantage and reliability to manifest itself. Yeah. The points by themselves are not going to be enough. And it has to be in the scoring phase long enough for that to happen. Right. If we're talking about winning the game with, like, Bridge or Horn of Plenty or something, where you score all your points at once, the Distant Lands haven't really helped you do that. Right. So, I, I mean, Distant Lands are going to get less good, uh, I think, when... And, and your opponent didn't have to make his deck work by work worse by putting the provinces in or whatever. Yeah, like, when they're not going to be taking a consistency hit by having these provinces. So, like, uh, if they have warehouses or something where they can stay viable in the face of those provinces... Uh, you know, Distant Lands might not cut it because they're still scoring 6 points or maybe 12 points a turn. Yeah. They're going to have more points than you if you don't get in on some of that. Yeah. Um, Distant Lands are going to get less good with other big sources of points because uh, you can just get outscored. Colonies, obviously, or strategies yeah. that rely on getting large numbers of VP tokens. Sure. You know, they also... Dominate. The v- yeah, the VP token strats, they're going to stay reliable just like you in Distant Lands, that they're going to end up with more points. So you got to make sure that you're not going to get outclassed here. Yeah, it definitely. It can be done. Certainly. There are, there are going to be some factors that uh, lead you away from the strengths of Distant Lands, and most of those involve a very high point ceiling, yeah, like sure. with Colonies. Honestly, when you see Colonies or Dominate available, the other sources of points that are on the board become less relevant because the game tends to be about getting the colonies. And don't get me wrong, other sources of points tie-break all else being equal. But if you lose the colony split because you went for something else, you probably lose that game. Yeah, that Whereas math that, we did for provinces just doesn't apply. Right, because colonies are just so many more points. It's like 55 points. <laughs> yeah, if you get all five colonies. If you get all five and a half colonies. Yes. 55 points. Yeah. yeah. You know, half a colony costs $5.5. Nice. Yeah. And it's worth five points, making it a strictly better Dutch... Anyway. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> nice! So yeah, we talked about the biggest consideration for Distant Lands being that you're scoring points, but the but you're also going to have time to play it. Yeah, so like, if, if, you're, if you're playing money, I would consider Distant Lands around the time I would consider getting a province. Sure. I mean, obviously I'm not going to buy it over province, so if I have less than eight then, you know, I'm going to consider Distant Lands here. Yeah. And then if it's like, well, I'm not sure if I'll be able to play this until the game is over, well, now it's probably Peanut Butter Dutchie time. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Completely straight face, too. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Hashtag Peanut Butter Dutchie time. Yeah. But, uh, if you you know, if you're drawing a little more, um, I mean, obviously you're, you're going for them here. So, uh, I mean, things get a little weird in Mirrors and Dominion. Um if you are uncontested and you're drawing a lot, uh, well, you're probably just going to win because distant lands are great. So um, I guess I'm going to gloss over that. But let's say you know you're in a mirror now. Yeah. You both decided distant lands are good. You're drawing a lot, and so um, we can we can say a little bit about how you can approach the distant lands in this kind of a situation. Sure. Um, the split of distant lands can, in some situations, lead to a decisive advantage. Now, I do want to. Make sure we put some asterisks by that. Because, I love asterisks. Right. Because the distant land split only matters 
if the province split isn't if it doesn't cost a province split at some point because if you win the distant land split but I win the province split because you went for distant lands hard then I still win the game Right, I mean, that goes back to that math from the beginning. Yes. I need a 6-2 to two distant land split to overcome a 5-3 to three province deficit. Right. right. And if we're mirrored and drawing a lot, well, it's hard to win that split 6-2. to two. Yeah. I mean, if you do, I mean, make sure you can get three provinces and you are good as gravy, but, you know, if you can't, you got a problem. Right, so, so like, the power of distant lands as a decisive source of points kind of come down to how fast you can get them in relation to how fast your opponent can get provinces. And a lot of that comes down less to money and more to quantity of gains, I'd say. Sure. Uh, I mean, if the distant lands are out and we're both drawing a lot, it's likely that not all the provinces will be gained, and so your smaller advantage in points from maybe a 5-3 to three distant land split is going to be more decisive because it takes them more than one province to make that up. And if you have decent pile control, maybe you had a better deck that got five distant lands, you're doing really good here. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a, a situation here where it's like, well, okay, I, I want to win the distant land split. I want to get more of them and I want to get them played because I've decided this is good for me. Um, there's actually kind of a similarity between this type of a situation and some of the endgame play stuff we talked about yeah. in that previous episode. Definitely. So I could get one distant lands and I could play it consistently starting now. Or yes. do I build up and get a deck that can get two distant lands and play one or two of them now? Yeah, except there's an extra layer of this because there's this isn't like a source of points that ends the game. So you have this third option is of or can I build so much that I could get two provinces a turn and ignore distant lands entirely? <laughs> so, like, bear in mind that with this end gameplay considerations with distant lands, there's always that extra layer of the option being there to ignore distant lands and go for something else. Do you like layers? Yeah. I'm going to put another layer on this thing. Oh. You have to play the distant lands. No! You can't just... <laughs> I hate that. I mean, what you want to do is, is not to put the distant lands in your deck and worry about playing them later, because your deck's going to get real bad, and you're going to be in trouble yes. when the provinces start to be relevant. You want to be kind of playing them as you gain them. Yeah. And that costs an action. And it costs being able to draw it. Uh, correct, yes. Yeah. So, um, you're not building... And so uh, if you have enough terminal space left to play just one, and I can buy two, well, this gets a little more difficult because maybe I can sacrifice playing one terminal in order to play an extra distant lands, but that means I can't buy two anymore. This is fine, right? You don't need to consistently get two per turn. Maybe I can do two now and then one and then two more and win the split that way or plan to win the split that way. Or I know my opponent's going to be able to do that. They'll get three over their next two turns, so I plan to get... So the math is a little bit different because of these extra factors. But at the same time, uh, you know, when you're deciding whether I want to build more, how long does it take me to get five extra dollars and an extra buy? Well, that's less than eight, so the numbers are a little smaller. But those are the calculations you can make. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, check that episode out. There's a little bit more of the discussion on that. And, yeah, uh, you know, just I invite you to do the calculation yourself, as a high quality Dominion enthusiast might do. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a piece of advice you can tack on to any 
piece of advice you get about Dominion is that, yes, take all this into account, but also do the calculations yourself because it's going to vary game by game. For sure. Uh, a couple little uh, tidbits yeah. before we wrap this bad boy up. All right. So first of all, I just want to point out that if you procession a distant lands, uh, you, you get the points only once because it stays on your mat. But you don't have to trash a distant lands, but you can get a six-cost action. Woo! Nice. We did it. Fun fact, when I was first getting into Dominion was around when Adventures just came out. And so I was trying to interpret these card rules. And for like a solid couple of weeks, I played where if you Kings Quartered a Distant Lands, they both stayed out and you got 12 points. Woo! That's not how that works. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I would not recommend. Yeah. The other thing is, let's say you're playing a, a popular variant, a fun Dominion variant, where you have this dirty point counter thing. <laughs> or even if you don't, I guess. Adam I, doesn't like the points counter. Even though I use it like on all the videos and streams. I'm fine with it. But um, well, I, but let's say that... Uh, it's different. That's a situation. Or maybe you care about how many points people have. Uh, you gotta, gotta track how many uh, Distant Lands people have that they haven't played. Right. Because that's not going to show up on the point counter. And if you forgot that they can score four magical points that you weren't accounting for, yes, you might lose the game. So try not to do that. Yeah, that comes back to the point we made earlier where if I have a distant lands in my deck and the game is about to end, you have to consider me as having four more points than you think I have. Because... That requires not <laughs> forgetting that those points exist. Right. Important. That's... A thing, you have to assume that I have them, because I could have them. You you don't know that I can't, and I could just win the game on my turn when you are going to win otherwise. I mean, sometimes you need to YOLO and hope they don't have it, but yeah, sure. aside from that, this is another thing to play around, yeah. so that means you need to be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's about all I have to say. Yeah, so uh, it's a land. It's far away. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for listening to Making Luck.